What's going on, Strategy Mob? This is Sean Kelly, the CarBiz Coach, CEO of Car Motivators, and we love helping automotive leaders create winning cultures of unstoppable champions. And everything that we do is made and created for you to empower you, all right? And the reason that today's presentation really excites me because at Car Motivators, we don't do anything based off of guesstimates. Um, everything we, we share and we bring to the table, um, when we bring it to the table publicly like this, has been vetted and tested and leveraged at the dealerships that we are blessed enough to coach every day across the country. So when we have a dealership that has a challenge, we provide them coaching and people development around that challenge. And when we do that, we often come up with amazing strategies together, stuff that the auto industry um, hasn't used yet or stuff that just hasn't been heard of. And sometimes at the dealership, we don't know if it's gonna work. The dealer doesn't know if it's gonna work. The, manager, the managers, the, the frontline staff in every department don't know if it's gonna work. But once we implement something, we follow through, we execute, and we get to see those results. And we tie success back to a lot of these strategies that the dealers we coach come up with. And when our dealers succeed, we wanna share that with the community of dealers so we can help them succeed. And today's presentation is no different. It is a culmination of coaching wins from dealership service departments from coast to coast. When we went to tackle um, with our dealerships, basically the biggest challenge the auto industry is facing right now, which is automotive technician retention and service growth and business development. You know, it's hard to sell cars right now, right? Inventory's light because of the COVID pandemic and uh, inventory pipelines are, are slow. So we have been able to, as a dealership unit, for the most part, it seems like we're able to hold some gross, leverage the supply and demand situation. But as inventory becomes scarce and as we continue to uh, have shrinking front end margins, COVID aside, right? shrinking front end margins, we have to rely on service department for that consistent, stable income. And that's what today's presentation is all about. It's really going to help you guys, number one, retain your technicians. We need to mitigate and eliminate turnover to the nth degree. And today's presentation is gonna help you do that because we're gonna share tactical strategies that you're gonna be able to put in place with your leadership team, with your technology, and throughout the entire dealership really, but these things will really, this is geared around uh, the service department really, because we wanna help you retain your technicians, your advisors, and really just let your, let your team, your entire service team focus on what really matters, which is growing the service business. So let's go ahead and dive into that because the first thing you've gotta understand about this whole strategy is it all starts with leadership, it starts with the frontline leaders in your service department. It starts at the top. If you are to win the race, retain your technicians and grow your service department business, it's gotta start at the top. So that's where this presentation starts. And in order to start with the leadership, I want you to start looking at your employees a little differently. I want you to start looking at them as bank accounts. And no, I don't mean that, you know, people that, you know, you can take money from. What I mean is, I want you to understand deposits and withdrawals, all right? This is a basic foundation of leadership that 
people with a high level of EQ, emotional quotient, have, and they're able to make the deposits in order to earn the right to take the withdrawals. Just like a bank account, you can't withdraw what you don't have in there. So this first part of the presentation is going to help you understand how to make the deposits that are gonna allow you to make the withdrawals necessary to grow your team and retain your technicians, okay? This is so critical, being able to make these deposits because if you don't make the, with, if you don't make the deposits and you try to withdraw, 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 you're going to create a situation where your account is overdrawn and your employee's gonna leave. And you see there's a picture of a military person joining uh, the army here or whatever. Uh, I share this because I, I spent, um, I was in the military, special operations, and I remember the recruitment strategies, man, they're just coming at you. The, the recruiter finds you, and by the way, I wanted to join for the record, but the recruitment hunts it, the recruiters hunt you down, they find you, they recruit you. Guys, this is going on in your service department with your technicians. In fact, we, my company does what we call the Inspired Satisfaction Survey. It's a, it's a self-developed survey that we created to try to drive up motivation at our dealerships. What we found was that this survey actually predicts employee turnover and allows managers in the service department, sales department, doesn't matter what department, but allows us to take measurable action to prevent that turnover from happening in the first place. This is a real store, and in this particular dealership, we have a few sales employees, some service employees, some techs on here. What you have to understand is that the x-axis represents what we call motivation requirements. There are 10 of them. Motivation requirements that need to be met in order for your employee to love coming to work every day, okay? And on the y-axis, we have what we call success perception. Success perception is where people believe they can achieve what they want and they, they're getting financial reward for their time, their tenure at the dealership and their efforts. And when both of these are met as a, at a high level, you end up in the top right-hand quadrant, which is what we call, trademarked, inspired satisfaction. And when you are in the bottom left-hand quadrant, that's called frustrated disengagement. Employees in the frustrated disengagement category are actually significantly more likely to quit your dealership. And in fact, we find that over 90% are usually gone within 90 days. Think about that, 90% in 90 days. So if, if you were to leverage our, this survey in your service department, you might find out immediately and be able to pinpoint who, who might be leaving, which technicians are on their way out, and be able to know exactly how to keep them. You know, guys, a lot of times it's not about throwing money at them. And to the point I made earlier that a large percentage of your technicians are actively being recruited. Guys, it doesn't matter what dealership we have conducted our Inspired Satisfaction survey at, we see anywhere between 30 and 60%, that's right, 60% of technicians being actively recruited by other businesses, guys. It's other dealers have become very aggressive. Other businesses need technicians no different than you, the big chains do, and they're coming after your techs. In fact, this is a, a real survey, and out of 24 dealership employees on this slide here, out of 24, 45.8% of technicians were actively being recruited at this particular dealership. That's a concerning statistic. So if you're not making the leadership deposits necessary and that bank account runs dry, your employees are gonna leave. 
So what I want to talk about on this is help you understand what, what is a leadership deposit? You might be asking like, okay, Sean, how, sounds great. I want to make those deposits. I want to keep my technicians, but what does a leadership deposit exactly mean? I got some kids, they like the, the movie Ice Age. I don't know what the deal is with it. There's a squirrel chasing an acorn. Reminds me a lot of us in the car business, right? But I've got this, uh, this is an interesting, th this picture here, all right? What I want you to understand is that like the, the squirrel is fixated on that acorn, right? He wants that acorn like it's the most important thing on the planet. You know, in reality, do, do I care about an acorn? No. Do you care about an acorn? No. But people are no different. They're motivated by what they care about, not by what we care about. You know, what, what is a service manager? What do we want? We want more more labor, you know, in, increased ELR. We want them to knock out more ROs and make more dollars per hour. All those things we want them to do. Is that really what our, is that what our employee, is that what our technician wants? What do they want? You know, there was one of the main things, and this is one of the 10 things we measure on the Inspired Satisfaction Survey is recognition. People like to be appreciated for, for doing a good job. The slide you're looking at here, one of my dealers um, actively does this, and I, I think they do it weekly. Um, in fact, it says that, this week's culture coin. They give out, and this is live, they post this on Facebook for the world to see, they give out a culture coin to someone who exemplifies the dealership's culture. And right here, you can tell there's a service employee. And, and by the way, these are nominated from the employees within, and, and these coins are worth money. They can buy gifts with them later, trips, all sorts of really cool things. But these guys are consistently recognizing people for doing a great job. Why is this so important? Well, when you look at those 10 motivators, you know, appreciation, recognition, being one of them, all right? One of, there was a, there was a dealership service department, like we coached the whole dealership in, in California. And the dealership, um, the dealer principal reached out to us because, and, and they said, you know, I've got an issue. I'm gonna lose a couple texts. They said that they're gonna quit. I don't know what I'm gonna do. And they reached out to us about that. And I said, okay, we'll tell you what, let's, let's do the survey and figure out what's going on. So we did our inspired satisfaction survey. And what we found was that the vast majority, um, the, the techs appreciated their manager for a lot of different things, but they really felt like they weren't appreciated for their hard work and they weren't being recognized and thanked for that. So I ended up coaching this service manager and, I, and it was a great conversation. I'll never forget it, it changes mindset. But I was coaching the service manager. I said, well, what's getting in the way of you give, giving recognition to your employees and showing appreciation to, for their, their hard work? And he says, well, I have a hard time recognizing someone for their job, for them doing their job. I mean, why, how can I say good job for them doing what they're supposed to be doing every day? They get paid to do it. Isn't that recognition enough? And it was funny because I always start off every coaching conversation by asking, hey, what's working for you? And he had told me in the beginning of this conversation, he said, oh man, the other day I knocked it out of the park. You know, we, we had this, we had a huge week. I was able to get all my paperwork done because of our time management coaching. And then the dealership, in fact, I got all my paperwork done and the dealer principal came to me and said, great job, keep that up. And I was so grateful. He said that in the beginning of the conversation. So this was great. He says to me, why should I recognize people for doing their job? And I said, hey, let me ask you a question. When your dealer reached out to you the other day and, and said, great job for doing all, getting, having an awesome week and doing all your paperwork, I was like, um, how'd that feel? And he was like, I felt awesome. I was like, is that your job? 
and he had this like aha moment. He was like, wait a minute, I did get recognized for doing my job and it felt good. And I was like, how about that? And as a result of that epiphany, he started giving recognition to his techs. And within a, a week and a half, two weeks, he was able to move the technicians up and to the right on that inspired satisfaction survey from frustrated disengagement. The two techs went from there up into the inspired satisfaction quadrant. We were able to retain them and they still work at the dealership to this day. And that was a conversation several months ago. So that's, that's been great to hear and they have no plans on leaving. So remember, find out what your employees, what motivates them and what would help them enjoy coming to work every day. Every technician, every service advisor, every employee within your dealership with on your team has different, you know, all, all motivation requirements are there for everyone, but the, the special combination of them that motivate the individual employees varies and we have to meet those motivation requirements. That's how we make those deposits, okay? Now, I wanna talk about another one, all right? Now, in order to share that with you, and by the way, here's, here's some hard data from that same store. You can see that on a scale of one to 10, um, about half, okay, half of the uh, team at that point was rating the appreciation factor really low. So that was what we were able to address. But, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about the next employee motivation requirement. Uh, another one that's really important that our, our techs are often vastly robbed of in their careers, okay? I mean, literally, techs are robbed of this one. But to understand it, you gotta understand a little bit about my story, and I don't like to talk about myself, but this is important for this particular aspect. So I get out of the Army, I end up taking all the money I had saved up, and I put it down on a house that I couldn't afford on an arm loan back during before the subprime mortgage crisis, right? I had limited credit, and uh, so I buy this house, and within months, my payment doubles because of my arm adjustable rate mortgage. So I buy this house, I can't afford it already. I didn't have any money in the bank anymore because I used all that to buy the house. And then I end up wrecking my car on the way to work, okay? And I'm working at Best Buy, making 10 bucks an hour part-time, just out of the Army, trying to work my way through college. And then, as I'm walking into my dream job interview at Enterprise, I was gonna go work at Enterprise Rent-A-Car, uh, monitoring their servers. <laughs> thank, thank God things worked out differently, but I'm walking in and my wife, fiance at the time, calls me up and she tells me she's pregnant. So I was pretty freaked out. Needless to say, I didn't get the job, all right? I was sitting there in the interview. I'll never forget uh, the, the guy's interviewing me. Just, I don't know what he asked me. I was just sitting there going, huh? All I could think about was the fact that I couldn't pay my bills, I had a wrecked car, and I now just found out I knocked on my fiance. So I was this close to going back in the army, didn't get the job, but I ended up in the finance office at a dealership. And I remember I remember it like it was yesterday. The, the man's name was Jeff Cash, became a great friend of mine. And Jeff says, man, you should sell cars. And I'm like, well, what, what can you make? And he's like, well, in a bad month, you make $3,000. And in a good month, you make 10. And I'm like, $3,000, like that's what I was getting paid to get shot at in Iraq. Are you kidding me? I can make that selling cars like here? and I only have to work 12 hour days, this is awesome, you know? So I, I start selling cars and, and immediately I fell in love with the industry because what I realized was that there was amazing career growth opportunities. I could move up in my career here if I played my cards right, if I listened to my manager, I could give myself pay raises by selling more vehicles whenever I, on a whim. I could literally say, you know what, I'm gonna sell three more cars a month and I could do, figure out a way to do it and give myself a raise. I literally, knew I could replace my manager one day because he was willing to groom me if I did really good for him. 
So for me, I, I realized for myself that I had a career growth opportunity and it motivated me. And I'll never forget when Enterprise called me, I don't know how or why this happened, but they called me two weeks later and they were like, man, you should come work here. And I said, mm, I don't know, my manager really cares about me, number one. And number two, I have an opportunity. So I passed on that $28,000 a year server monitoring job and I took the opportunity and I, I stuck with the car business. So the reason I'm sharing that story with you guys is because my life could have been completely different if I didn't feel like there was a career growth opportunity, I probably would have quit. I wouldn't have, I would have went for that enterprise opportunity. I didn't take it because of the growth opportunity I had at the dealership. Now, what does that mean for you and your techs at your dealership? Guys, techs are very stagnant, man. They, they come in, they, they end up becoming a technician. There's not a lot of uh, promotion opportunities, all right? You know, techs, you know, generally tenure stays a little better and you have, you know, I mean, what, you can become a, uh, a, a shop foreman or dispatcher, right? Something like that. At the end of the day, there's not a lot of movement, upward mobility for your techs. So what I propose and what has been helping my dealers has been creating structured, consistent performance reviews and, and career growth opportunities from inception to the dealership all the way up to service director for your technicians. That's right, your technicians. So imagine this. Imagine if you bring them in as your, your techs, if they started as a porter, right, a detailer. And then, and then the detail, think about how much more motivated a detailer is when they know they have an opportunity to become a quick lube tech. And then a quick lube tech can grow his mastery and his skill set and his tenure and his performance and move into a full-time tech role. And then a full-time tech can grow into, you know, raise different certification levels. But all the way, all the while, you're giving them consistent performance reviews with pay raise opportunities. And you can actually, one thing you can do, you can tie the pay plan to performance from profit and your parts department. And if you make a percentage-based performance pay plan where there's ongoing uh, pay raise opportunities, then as your department grows in success, the tech can gain more income. That sets them apart from, you know, from, from the, the dealers that have these flat rates. Think about the tech, some of the tech's biggest rub, like one of their biggest complaints is the dealership charges more, and, and you know, they don't know the big picture a lot of cases, right? But the dealership's charging more by the hour. You know, we're raising the rates on our customers, but I haven't seen a raise, and when do we give our techs a raise? I mean, think about that. We give our techs a raise when they threaten to quit. Think about this, we're rewarding the very behavior we want to avoid in the first place. And if, you're, if you have a union shop, you have to give them a raise anyway, annually, so why not be proactive and take control of that and you steer the ship when it comes to their financial growth and tie it to the success of the department. You can make pretty big, uh, profound changes around the uh, career growth plan for your techs. You make a big difference in your tenure there, okay? And that is one of the 10 motivators too. Another one, guys, is you know, re reward recognition. Remember this. Um, when it comes down to it, guys, is that there's reward and recognition on one side, there's accountability and consequence on the other. And in the middle, you have this gray area where there's zero motivation. Avoid the gray area at all costs, okay? Avoid that at all costs. Raise the value and the gain of, of helping your service department grow 
and increase the pain of not being on the bus, not being aligned to the cause. And if you do that, you can see, you, you'll see people moving towards what they want most. Another key factor as it relates to leadership is this question I'm gonna to pose to you right now. How can you win the game if you don't know the rules? Now, I'm gonna guess everyone watching this knows Monopoly and understands the rules to it. But imagine if, imagine the first time you were playing, right? First time you're playing Monopoly, you and five other people, you're the, you're the little thimble, let's say. And you're the thimble, the other players all know how to play Monopoly and you have no clue. You have zero clue how to play Monopoly. You don't know the rules, but let's play. You roll the dice, what do you do? Think about, what are your odds of winning? Hmm, <laughs> not very good, right? <laughs> Think about strategy, my followers. You can't win the game if you don't know the rules. And the reason I'm sharing this with you is because we as leaders have got to be exponentially better at communicating our expectations to our team. In fact, when we have a failure to communicate, we will fail to grow our department. And if we fail to grow our department, we can't retain our employees. I was in, um, I'll, I'll never forget, I spent a lot of time overseas cleaning stuff, okay? I mean, way more time cleaning my weapon and cleaning the radio terminals on my Syngar's radio uh, than, I spent, than, than I spent actually shooting my weapon or talking on the radio. In fact, my sergeant, when I was in Bosnia, we, he would make us spend an hour a day scrubbing the terminals of our radio connectors with a toothbrush, literally to make sure that there was zero carbon built up, sand, grit, or whatever. He told us, he said, communication is key and without communication, you're dead. That's what he told us. And I remember just being so annoyed that we were cleaning these terminals every day with these toothbrushes. But when it came down to it, when the battle, when the you know what hit the fan, okay, we were able to communicate and it was our lifeline, all right? The same's true in your business. You've got to consistently communicate with every person on your team, all right? Consistently communicate with every person on your team. When I hear managers are struggling, people are thinking about quitting, um, you know, tech, techs are wanting to leave and uh, the, the service department is falling apart. Guys, the, any challenges you're facing, even if your, things are going good for you, I promise you any of the challenges you, you face can be addressed with consistent and effective communication. So what you're looking at here, this is my email inbox. It is, in particular, uh, I sorted by a man named Eric Fister. Eric's a phenomenal, phenomenal service leader. We had a great coaching conversation when we first kicked off the, his, his dealership's coaching project. And when we did, it was, it, was, it was pretty cool to see. Eric realized that, that he needed to create consistent alignment and communication, okay? He needed to align his team. He needed, to, he needed to find out the rules of the game and then he needed to communicate that to his dealership. So in order to find out the rules to the game, we sat down with the owner. It was interesting because the owner was beating his head against the wall, frustrated with the fact that uh, certain expectations weren't being met in the service departments, particularly tied to CSI. Okay, so we sit down with the owner, we find out that you know CSI is critical. Now, of course, everyone wants good CSI, right? And, and that's something, so you know, Eric being the good leader is, he was wanting to try to make CSI better, but he had more of his focus was geared around profit for the service department. 
And essentially, when he found out the CSI was important, we asked the dealer, myself, Eric, I said, what, what's so important about CSI? And the dealer said, you know what? For me, it's about my name's on the building and I want customers to just love coming here. It's that simple. I just want them to love coming here. And every time that you know, I find out that someone had a miserable or bad experience, it just it hurts my heart. <laughs> and, and that really is what it boils down to. To me, CSI is just the outcome to know that my customers are being treated with the utmost care and respect. And that's really important to me because my name is tied to that. So the, the service advisor, or the service manager, Eric, it was like, a, a, it was amazing. It was like, the, uh, like he saw the light. All of a sudden he understood the rules to the game. He understood how to win the game. And then he started consistently communicating to his staff. In fact, he has almost every single day without fail for months on end now, I think three, four months on end now, he's done this. There is an email and I don't know, sometimes it's called the daily service bugle. Other times it's called uh, the service, uh, sorry about that, the, the service, the Wednesday morning service, you know, whatever. But every single day there's a message and in those messages, okay, he's communicating and he's aligning his team. He's telling them what they're doing well, where they could improve. And this thing started, okay? And th when this thing started, we were, you know, in the mid eights on CSI and, uh, and then and profit, you know, profit was decent, okay, but, but and increasing. But after, think about this for a second, guys, clear communication, now everyone's on the same page. Everyone knows what we're trying to accomplish. And within weeks, okay, within weeks, CSI started climbing. Okay, now it's been a few months, okay? The consistency has compounded. The interest is paying off. Employees are loving their job more, okay? Inspired satisfaction surveys have never been higher. Results, our profits never been higher. We're setting records. We are clearing up all the bottlenecks that are preventing service from being effective. The team, because of Eric's ongoing communication, the entire service team has opened up they're being candid about some of the bottlenecks and now we're able to address those. And as a result, we're becoming more efficient, more effective, profit records, CSI records. It's just been amazing to watch. So I want you to understand that leadership creates growth, okay? Leadership creates growth. And people need clear, they need a clear mission. They need a clear objective. What are we all working together to achieve? You know, I'll, this is a picture of, of me in Iraq in 03. <laughs> and literally, we had a clear objective. It was called Operation Iraqi Freedom. We were there to liberate the, the, uh, the country from the tyranny of Saddam, right? That's me standing in front of a Saddam portrait. Those things were everywhere. Uh, you can tell I hadn't had a shower in a few weeks. Probably smelled pretty bad. Um, not unlike, you know, spending a, a day in the middle of a, a unair conditioned shop, uh, turning wrenches. I'm sure it was similar, you know, in, in 110 degree weather. Uh, you know, in August or something. So bottom line is this, okay, we had a clear mission. We knew what we were trying to accomplish, all right? We had goals, all right? Now, I wanna, I wanna say something for my service friends watching this is that goals aren't just for sales anymore, all right? Goals are not just for sales anymore. Goals are also for service advisors. So the slide you're looking for service advisors, for techs, for everyone, Goals are powerful. Goals are your benchmarks to accomplishing your mission, all right? So if your mission is to create an unrivaled, unparalleled customer experience, you need benchmarks along the way, okay? So for this, this now this is a different dealership. When we started working with this particular dealership, there was, jobs were at stake at this point. 
we had to figure out a way to get CSI up, all right? Well, we were able to create what I call a 90-day growth plan, myself working with their, the entire service team. We got parts department together, we got the advisors, we got the techs, we got the, the dispatcher, we got the service manager, everyone together. We created a 90-day growth plan specific to CSI here. We were able, so, so every, and we were measuring, we were tracking this every single week, and, and this on a 90-day rolling average for CSI, we were able to have 140, it's about 130 something, I forget the exact number, but 130 something point increase on CSI. We went from being bottom of the barrel to guys, we were able to help these guys together. And I say we, I mean us, them, the coaching, the follow-up, these guys, they did an amazing job, but we were able to increase 130 points on a 90 day rolling average CSI. Now we're hitting number two, number three, number four in the region almost every month absolutely beautiful to watch and rewarding and i'm going to tell you right now it took giving clear goals every single advisor was willing to create their own goal and say this is what i'm going to try to get my csi to and then we would coach with them and say and and come up with a plan you know what are you willing to do to get it that high what do you need to do differently we created like scorecards right no different than you score card an internet lead or an inbound phone call we created scorecards that would allow us to score the, the, the advisor checking a customer into the shop. We created scorecards for you know, the, the multi-point follow-up call with the upsell. We created scorecards for wrapping up the paperwork and delivering the vehicle to the, to the service customer. These scorecards and ongoing observational coaching done within the team, again, we're empowering the leaders and these leaders are taking that ball and running with it because they want to accomplish the objective. They're excited about the cause. They want to get behind it. They want the dealership to grow. They want their service leader to succeed and remain on the team and they want to keep their technicians on the team. This is the alignment that, that leadership creates. Consistent communication and leadership creates this opportunity and creates this alignment. And as a result of the observational coaching and the 90-day growth plans and the one-on-one -on -one coaching, we were able to grow that CSI 130 points. Powerful stuff, guys, powerful stuff. Now, going back, <laughs> remember this show, Itchy and Scratchy? I mean, it's from The Simpsons, but the show within the show, right? Uh, man, so so violent, you know? We grew up in the 90s, it's probably why we ended up in the car business, guys. But bottom line, great show. The, you know, Itchy always chasing Scratchy, you know? You don't want that in your service department. It's bad for your shop, all right? Here's what I mean. We started coaching, there's another service department we're coaching up, up north. We find out that four to 12 times, okay, four to 12 times a day, the advisors have to go back and try to find the service, the, the technicians to figure out what's going on with a vehicle, okay, due to a customer status callback or, you know, be trying to prevent the status callbacks from happening. Every time the advisors would go back and try to look for the, the technician in order to figure out what's going on there, we found out that it was taking between five and 12 minutes to do. Okay, so I'm not great at math, but if you take your service advisor and you say, let's say an average of seven and a half minutes, okay, seven and a half minutes, 10 times a day, how many minutes wasted because of poor communication caught, you know, where someone's gotta chase the other person down and tell them what's going on, all right? That's an issue. And on the other hand, the, the shoe goes on the other foot, guys. It's not just all the advisors, you know, be, or the techs, the techs not 
communicating vice versa. It goes both ways. In fact, our technicians can do a better job of communicating the cause, right? And what it's gonna, what's, what it's gonna take for the repair. Because if they can clearly communicate the cause to the, the advisor, the advisor is gonna do a better job selling. In fact, you can massively increase, you can see a massive increase in your dollar per RO by addressing that issue. So you can get more ROs by preventing the chase. I call it the cat and mouse chase. All right, and then you can have a massive increase in profit by communicating the story better of what's going on with the vehicle to the advisor. So their lips are loaded, no different than a sales manager loads the lips of a salesperson so they can go close that customer. We need to do that better in the shop. The problem is, is that sales managers are trying to sell. They're, they're experienced, they're good at selling. Techs, sometimes not the best at communicating how to sell things, okay? So what, but check this out. What if you had some awesome technology that would help you create a, a perfect story every single time that your advisors could use every single time to basically increase the odds that they were gonna upsell, that they were gonna help the customer get the repairs that they really need as opposed to scaring the customer away. So there's technology that easily, simply spells that out. It, it saves your technician's time it scales up your operation and it will increase your closing and your sales percentage. You guys, the thing about technology is that, and, and actually this isn't really the thing about technology, this is the thing about service friends. And by the way, I love you service friends. You guys are amazing, you're so coachable. Um, we've had just so many wins over the last you know, last year working with all, all you different service friends, okay? But I'm gonna tell you about you guys. There's something about you guys that makes you different from the, the sales side, all right? And that is your, your consistency, consistency in a good way. You guys have these habits, these routines. You don't like to deviate from them. You like to stay steady and consistent. Much respect for that. Um, now, here's the problem though. <laughs> here's the problem. Every strength has a, a weakness, right? So check this out. The consistency sometimes prevents you from wanting to change. And there's all this really cool new technology out there and stuff that can make your operation extremely more efficient and make you more effective in your role, but you're too busy you know, working, right? It's like, I'm gonna go fight this war with the sword. I don't have time to talk to you about that, that silly salesman with that machine gun over there. <laughs> Guys, we need to take time out to do some strategic thinking, really analyze our bottlenecks and figure out what we could do better. This is critical. This, this needs to be part of any service leader's routine. All right, and then we need to bring our employees, our technicians in on this. Getting, listen, people want to be valued. They want their opinions to be heard. They, they value and appreciate guided autonomy and giving, having some trust and authority. So when you discuss these bottlenecks, processes and challenges and those communication channels are open and you're providing that level of leadership and then you bring some ways to, you know, some new technology to the table that will streamline your, your, your service and make things more effective, it becomes, you get buy-in around the technology and it, it, you can help usher in some change that will really make an impact. Case in point, if you've got a service BDC and your service BDC is picking up the phone and punching, punching in numbers and then waiting for the customer to answer the phone and then no, you know, no one answers, you know, eight out of 10 calls. So then they leave a voicemail, all right? Then they're probably talking to 20 
at, at best, maybe 25 customers in a day if you're doing any outbound campaigns. But I'm gonna wager if you have a service PDC, you don't even have people on outbound campaigns because they can barely keep up with the inbound calls. Is that you? Raise your hand if that's you. If you're a dealer and you've got a service BDC and they can barely keep up with the inbound, they sure as heck don't have enough time for outbound, well, you're missing the boat. You're just not using the technology that you could use. Check this out. So this is a recent report from a dealership where we, so one of the things Car Motivators does is we launch and build service BDCs. By the way, um, to date, okay, and I'm not kidding when I tell you this, we have 100%, all right, since we started these, this program six months ago, we've launched seven service BDCs, all right? 100% tenure so far. I don't know how or why, well maybe because of the leadership, <laughs> but we're not, we haven't lost one service BDC employee yet. Actually, okay, I lie, one got promoted. He got promoted, a guy named Matthew got promoted to uh, service advisor <laughs> from service BDC. But that was the only one we lost, so that doesn't, I don't count that, he's still at the dealership, all right? But check this out. We have car motivators. We not only do we recruit and launch a service BDC for you in-house, your your BDC, your team, we, we make this no headache for you. I mean, I'm talking we, we find the right people that fit your culture. We know how to do that. And once they're there, okay, we give them technology that helps you scale up your operation. Right? This is the equivalent of going to war with the machine gun instead of the, the pocket knife, okay? Um, we can help you make 500 per BDR. 500 calls per day, all right? So this particular BDC, now one person here is doing CSI calls. Um, these are outbound uh, retention calls. We're calling the dealership's not retained list, okay? Customers that were not coming back for service, people that are servicing at Jiffy Lube or your competitor, we're calling them. We've got phenomenal talk tracks for this. I'm talking next level talk tracks. And, and when I say next level, well, what do you mean, Sean? Every, all, every coach, Every trainer says that the talk tracks are next level. Well, okay, but maybe they say that, but do they have those results? Check this out. This is hard data from X time, outbound campaigns, 87% appointment show rate. It doesn't get much better than that, okay guys? 87% show rate, these guys are setting, okay, 90, you know, between 80 and 90 appointments per month, per service BDR, outbound. This doesn't even count the inbound calls they're taking, the CSI, this is found business. And look at the dollar per RO. I mean, $272 a car. That's because we're coaching the service advisors. The service advisors are phenomenal and they're behind the cause and they wanna become better. And we set goals with them on their dollar per RO and their ELR. And they're working together as a team because everyone's communicating and they know there's an opportunity to grow because their managers are helping them grow and they're getting ongoing performance reviews and scalable career growth plans. And guys, that's the results take care of themselves when it starts with the leadership. It's that simple. We've got to do a better job and we can. And when it comes to your technicians, okay, when it comes to technology and all that, you've got to quit going to war with the sword when there's so much better stuff out there. Stuff for writing those stories, stuff for calling your customers. There's just a better way, all right? Don't tolerate, don't let your consistency and your steadiness be an excuse to tolerate crappy bottleneck processes. But check this out, when it comes to your technicians, all right, one man's garbage is another man's treasure. Safe to say? I mean, that, that applies to a lot, a lot of stuff in life, right? No different when it comes to technicians' work, okay? Imagine if you had a list of all the most common, this, guys, if you take nothing else from, 
If you take nothing else from this presentation, take this away. If you had a list of all the most common repairs that your shop does, just on an like inventory of those things, just had a massive list, and then you actually went through and you just did an anonymous survey for your techs and you said, okay guys, who likes doing which repairs? Who hates doing which repairs? What if you found out that half your techs hate doing electrical and the other half love doing electrical? Would that not help you funnel and dispatch to the right techs? You know, techs, techs want two things. They want enough work and they want to do work they enjoy doing, all right? If you can help them with that, they're gonna love you forever. Why would they even think about going somewhere else? You've gotta be intentional about these things. And I'll give you an example. There's a, there's a phenomenal tech, like probably one of the uh, highest performing techs I've ever met. And he, he, he sat down with me. I was visiting the dealership. We were coaching on sales process with the entire sales team and with the managers doing one-on-ones, you know, just reinventing their sales process. But one of the, this tech came to me and he said, hey man, could we talk one-on-one? I, I go, sure, man. So I carved out some time for him, that visit. And, um, and we had you know, talk, we'd coached before, but we sat down and we, it was unbelievable. He says, man, I am so bored of just doing regular everyday work. He goes, I would kill, he goes, if I could get some of the more challenging jobs, like I want the ones that it takes Einstein to figure out. I'm like, wait a minute. So you like chasing down like really hard electrical issues? I, go, I love that. Like that would mean so much to me. It was funny because these, the other tech who's just feel, feeling inundated and stressed out because he can't get stuff done and he's not, this other tech isn't that good at electrical stuff. He was telling me that a month ago how frustrated he was. And I was like, okay, well, I know this tech is getting too much electrical work, hates it. So we ended up handing off some of that work to him just as a result of that discussion. And both people, both techs, oops, sorry, both techs are now enjoying their jobs so much more. It's unbelievable. Just, I was so glad he reached out to me for that conversation. And that, you guys, that's the power of having open channels of communication, right? These guys, you want to hear them out. You've got to listen to them. If, you, if your techs come to you and you're too busy and you dismiss their complaints and you say, I don't have time for that. My friends, your people are your number one most valuable resource, okay? I promise you this, if you treat your techs like trash, they'll go somewhere else where someone will treat them like gold, all right? So don't let your techs be the thing that is someone else's treasure. <laughs> if it, don't, don't let them be your trash and someone else's treasure. All right, now, success perception is reality. All right, now, we've all heard the saying perception is reality, but I wanna point out that success perception is reality. All right, now, what I mean by that is that people need to know that they can achieve what they want in their business and their life working for you. And if they don't feel like they can, they're going to leave. They need to know that if they, if they went to another dealership, they would make less money or equal money at the very least. But if 71% of your technicians, look at the, how scary this number is. If 71% of your technicians perceive that if they go somewhere else, they're going to make more money, it's only a matter of time. Your shop is a time bomb. I mean, you might wanna consider getting out of the technician business. Really important, okay? Now, technician pay comes from where, right? It comes from what their hourly rate, okay? What if I told you that you could, you could raise the success perception that your techs have by helping your dealership, your service department, retain its service customers? You're like, well, what do you mean, Sean? How does that, if they're making the same, if they're making an hourly rate, their hourly rate's their hourly rate. 
Okay, but perception is reality. Okay, techs understand that their pocketbook is directly correlated to what? To the advisor's skills, the advisor's ability to sell and produce revenue and produce hours for them, all right? So customer retention, let's talk about this. If you wanna retain your techs, you wanna start by retaining your customers, all right? This goes back to that outbound campaigns. Are you calling 500 people a day per BDR? Are you talking to 100 people per day per BDR? We've gotta find a way to get a hold of all of our service customers and retain them because customer retention, think about this, customer retention builds relationships and trust. I was in the service drive of a Nissan dealer in New Jersey just a few, uh, it was about six months back. And I was, I was coaching one of the uh, service advisors and a customer comes in and, and I was just sitting there watching him check in the customer. And he says, hey, I see you haven't been here in about two years, you know, what, where have you been servicing your vehicle? And she says, oh, I've been servicing at the Jiffy Lube by my house or whatever it was. And he says, oh, that's a shame. And, and then we were just sitting there, he goes, well, I'm glad you're back. And she goes, oh, thanks. I looked at her, I go, okay, may I ask you a question, ma'am? And she goes, sure. I go, well, how come you, uh, what caused you to stop coming here? You know, how, how come you didn't come back here? She goes, well, I used to come here all the time, she says, but she goes, um, you know, honestly, I, every time I came back, there was a different service advisor. So I said, you know, why, I don't know. I, you know, I, if there's no relationship, why should I keep coming back here? You know, I, I can just, it's more convenient and a little cheaper to go to the Jiffy Lube. You know, so she's like, but, if I go, I go, okay, if I promise you that Steve, this, this guy's name is Steve, like Steve will be here every time you visit. Will you come back here? Will you be a loyal service customer again? She goes, okay, if you promise me he'll be here next time, I'll definitely come back. And I said, okay, Steve, you promise you won't quit? And anyway, so bottom line, she committed to coming back. Guys, customer retention builds relationships and trust, right? Customer and advisor. And think about this. When someone trusts you, okay, when, when I believe you understand my unique situation, guess what? I trust you because you understand me. I will trust your advice. And remember this, no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. So the relationship makes care happen. When, when she comes back and Steve said, oh, how's your kids? And you know, I see you still got the dent on the car that your son wrecked at a soccer game. You know, that is a relationship. There's trust, there's care. Now she's more likely to say yes to our offerings because she knows that when Steve says that you need this, it's because he means it because he cares, right? And, and if, they, if there's relationships and trust and increased profit, techs get more, think about that, they get more hours and more income, right? So, and more hours and income, especially when you're filtering them the right work, okay, that they care about, now you got happier techs. And, and if you got happier techs, you get to retain your techs. So the beautiful thing about this opportunity is for you to retain your techs, it starts with leadership and it ends with your customers. It literally ends with customer retention and making sure that every customer you have comes back time and time again and that there's a relationship and that there's leadership and communication and alignment and growth opportunities for everyone in your service department. And if you do that, my friends, you're going to grow your service business while retaining your techs and have a really fun time when you come to work. So here is the little recap strategy for you. So number one, okay, grow as a leader and improve your communication. That's number one. Step one, do that. Open up your communication. If you have challenges having difficult conversations, if you don't know how to improve your communication, 
reach out to me, guys. I am here for you. I want to help you with that. That's what I do. I'm a coach. Number two, work on the culture of your service team. Work on the overall culture, all right? Create that alignment to the direction that you want to take your company. Show the people how much they're valued. Make work fun, all right? Number three, develop clear growth plans, okay, with ongoing reward and recognition with performance reviews, all right? Make that a consistent part of your leadership routine and show me the money, okay? Literally, give them the chance to increase their pay consistently. They won't worry about someone calling them trying to say, I'll give you more money because they got a raise right around the corner, all right? Number four, stop tolerating broken systems and, and get the right technology. Upgrade your systems, all right? That is causing major bottlenecks for you and a lot of pain in the rear for your techs and those things weigh on them. And I promise you this, they're at the next dealership. So if they quit, they're gonna deal with it there. Address it at your shop, fix it. They won't wanna leave. Last, not least, number five, build confidence in each other's competence, all right? Build confidence in each other's competence and focus on customer retention. And if you do those five things, my friends, you will retain your text. All right, so listen, because you are a Strategy Mob follower, I've got something unbelievable for you. I'm gonna give you a free strategy call. All right, all you have to do is email me, Sean, S-E-A-N, at carmotivators.com. I'll give you a free strategy call. I would love to learn all about your service department's business, your biggest challenges, and give you some practical and tactical tips, knowledge, strategies, maybe some spreadsheets that I leverage to help my dealers' service departments grow that will help you retain your techs. So send me an email. Emails below, Sean, S-E-A-N, at carmotivators.com. I look forward to hearing from you. I'll send you a few available times. Pick one that works, and we'll have a free strategy call. Looking forward to hearing from you. Strategy Mob followers, thank you guys so much. It's been an honor. Sean Kelly, the Carbis Coach, reminding you to leave a legacy of knowledge.